hello and welcome to a special edition of the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. I'm Amy McDonald, yoga student, teacher, and yoga business coach. In this special episode, I'm taking you inside the Business of Yoga speaker series where you'll meet yoga teachers, experts, and entrepreneurs from all over the world. I'm not kidding. We're going to Melbourne, Singapore, London, Barcelona, San Francisco, New York, and more talking all things growing your yoga business. I hope you love learning from my guests as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. And if you do, please leave a review for this podcast. Enjoy. Hey folks, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Business of Yoga speaker series. We are going to the United Kingdom today for my special guest, but as you will soon discover, she is in fact an import, Lucky UK. Anna Sugarman, welcome to the Business of Yoga Speaker Series. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I am really excited about what we're going to talk about, but before we launch into our super juicy conversation, which is um, folks going to be on a specific expertise that I don't have, so I'm really thrilled that we get to share those topics here in this forum. I'm going to do uh, Anna's formal introductions and particularly because I think she's just got a smashing bio. So here it is. Anna is a seeking yogini. She's an inspired yoga teacher trainer, a blessed mom, a grateful wife, a courageous wonderluster academic goddess. I want to know more about that. Glamorous gypsy lover of love, bursting with gratitude of the awesomeness of life and passionate about supporting others in optimizing theirs. Beautiful. In Brighton, England, where she lives with her soulmate and their baby daughter. She teaches vinyasa flow classes at local studios and some slightly witchy workshops. I've yet to go to Brighton, but I I suspect that witchy things go on there. With her husband, Richard Husseini, she leads several retreats a year around the planet, which we'll talk about, including vinyasa, flow and yin yoga, varied styles of meditation and breathwork, ecstatic dance, another area Amy does not excel in, flow state science, which is Rich's passion, soul searching and relaxation. An incredible range of skills you have there. Why, thank you. It sounds especially dramatic when you read it that way. I think a bio should have gravitas. They take a long time to write, don't you think? Yeah, they do. And they are required in so many different formats and lengths and Anyway, thanks for the fabulous introduction. (laughs) (laughs) All you, honey. Uh, My pleasure. So um, can we start with, because Brighton is one of those places that every time I'm in London, I think I'm going to spend a little bit of extra time. I'm just going to take the train down there and hang out for a while and do some yogury things. But I've yet to actually go. What's it like to live there? It is awesome. I was the same. I had been in and out of London a ton of times never outside of the city. And when I met my husband, uh, he wasn't yet my husband. And <laughs> that would the be first time, Yeah, or interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first time I came to visit him, he's from Brighton. I immediately fell in love with it. It's an easy hour from London, which is super cool to have it right there. And it's on the sea. So where we live, it takes eight minutes to walk to the seafront, which is this fabulously dramatic, rocky beach. The colors are amazing all year round, whether they're bright in the summer or dark and stormy in the winter. And it takes 10 minutes to drive out into the countryside where it looks like a Disney movie. Wow. Um, 
I mean, being from the U.S. where everything is relatively new, here you go for a quick drive and you pass a castle or an ancient church with cows grazing outside of it. So it's pretty magical. Whereabouts um, in the States did you originally, do, were you, did you grow up? Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. In the Midwest. Yeah, so beach is nice. Yeah, so beach is great. It's pretty <laughs> landlocked there. Uh, a spectacular place to grow up, though, and to visit. And after university, I moved out to Los Angeles and did okay. live at the beach there. Okay. So I haven't lived too far from a beach ever since. Um, but the, surely the beach at Brighton is somewhat different to the... Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the LA kind of coast. <laughs> it is, it is. Rather than sand, it's made of rocks. And they're not tiny pebbles, but they're, they're decent-sized rocks, like from this size up to fist size. Wow. And it makes it so special and so wild and also mm. impossible to look sexy walking on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, like, do alms in the sand at Brighton. No, no, no. <laughs> All you can do is walk, kind of. Does Brighton have a Ferris wheel? Am I making that up? There is no Ferris wheel here, but there's, I don't think so. There's a pier, and it's this really cool um, kind of retro pier that's got some rides on it. Yes. Now that I say that, there could be a Ferris wheel at the end of it, Um, but it's one of their iconic fixtures and all the postcards. Super cool. So I want to know, because um, folks, one of the cool, very cool things about having, uh, among, among all of the great gifts that uh, I mentioned in her bio and the skills that she has as a teacher, I'm really excited to have Anna here because she can talk to how, what it looks like having a yoga business in the context of having a family, which um, having a, a, a fur baby uh, doesn't necessarily give, uh, give me the credentials to speak on with authority. So to, I, before we jump into well, what it's like, what's it like teaching with a baby and, and, and what's it like having a business with your husband, can you tell us the story of how you came to be this blessed mother and grateful wife? I would love to. So after about a decade in LA working in graphic design, I decided to go away for one year and volunteer at an orphanage and a school in rural Honduras in this poverty-stricken village. And it was an incredible year. I, of course, received a lot more than I gave, I'm sure, and then had just seen way too much. My eyes and heart were just blown wide open Mm -hmm. to go back to my charmed life at the beach. So I was super blessed to be able to keep saying yes to opportunities as they arose and to keep traveling and keep adventuring, keep learning foreign languages and dances and how to cook whatever tortillas <laughs> were the hot thing in that country. And eventually wound up um, in Paris, where, of course, a beautiful love story ended in a broken heart, as it would there, <laughs> which sent me into a total eat, pray, love tailspin. <laughs> and I ended up going to India to take a course in spiritual philosophy. Oh, it, was it really much- did take an eat, pray, love turn. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so 
it was a two-month course in spiritual philosophy. And I fell in love with the country and the culture and with studying there and practicing there and ended up staying for about two years. Wow. And teaching at the school where I had been studying and just having the time of my life. And I was finally ready to leave and I figured I'd go back to the U.S. But first I decided to spend another two months and my my typical story in thailand teaching a few yoga workshops so i went to thailand and two months turned into about four years <laughs> living, <laughs> living in kosamui which is like living in a postcard it's yeah. dreamy and while i was there i was teaching a yoga teacher training by this point i had developed my own course and I was in the last week of it and this really fancy villa where sometimes I would go up to to teach private yoga to their guests called and asked if I could come teach a very VIP client. And I said, no, I was way too busy. But they said, please. So I said, yes. And I went up there at six in the morning to teach a private yoga class to some guy. I had no idea who he was. And on my way down... So it's up high in the island with beautiful views spanning the sea. And you have to go up a really high, gorgeous marble staircase to get into the villa. And on the way down, I was running late for my teacher training. And I drove a motorbike there. Mm -hmm. So I was running down the steps, pulling the ponytail holder out of my hair so I could put my bike helmet on as soon as I got to the bottom. And, you know, sometimes those things just slide right out. And sometimes they get all stuck and tangled and wrapped up. And it was one of those wrapped up kind of moments. And so I was shaking my head a little bit. And no joke, a troop of butterflies came out of nowhere, kind of dive bombed me. So there's hair and butterflies. It was kind of like a slutty Disney movie. <laughs> As opposed to the beautiful countryside one here. And I went around the corner of these stairs and just slammed right into Rich. No he way. was going up the stairs and to meet with his client, who was the guy that I had just taught. And so that was how we met. I, <laughs> I, I had two public yoga classes that week, and he came to both of them. And I thought, oh, this guy really likes yoga. <laughs> and it turned out he liked me. And wow. So there was just a whirlwind of a romance that led us through Thailand and to the U.S., to Burning Man, back to Thailand, to England. And five and a half months later, he proposed. And five months later, we got married. And voila. <laughs> wow. So all of that, uh, any previous conversation that we've had about don't date your students is just suddenly out the window because we're all one of these bloody Disney movie people <laughs> listening to that story. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to go for it. Yeah. So you seriously bombed your life, though. Back When you left graphic design, I mean, you just blew it up. You, like, that's not even a change of direction. That's just like giving it up to the universe. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, looking back, it looks kind of amazing. At the time, it just felt like this natural flow. I was just riding this wave, and I had no idea where it was headed. But I didn't realize what surrender that was. 
yeah. at the time. Wow. And the word like, that comes up for me is, is courage. It takes a lot of courage to just go with whatever. There is such a fine line between courage and naivety, <laughs> I think, looking back as well. <laughs> Whichever, it worked out. Yeah, whichever. <laughs> whichever. It took me a few years to figure out that difference and also to stop wearing the high-heeled shoes that I had worn around LA in this poverty-stricken village. <laughs> but it all eventually evened out. It does take humility too, doesn't it, when you're put into an environment that is so radically different from the one you're accustomed to. I love the way you talked about how, mm. well, you, you went there as a volunteer. In fact, you received so much more than you gave. Oh, yeah. That humility as well was just magnified there exponentially more than it had ever been in my life. Um, I had always been a good student and a good worker, not necessarily due to any kind of innate talent, but because I was a hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was so well-traveled and so worldly. And when I landed there in that village, I realized that I had only ever gone on holiday. Um, uh. This was real life that I had never seen before. And I didn't speak a word of Spanish when I landed there. And no one there spoke a word of English. <laughs> and so talk about humility. I needed help finding water to drink. Yeah. And it was it was incredible, and the kindness and patience of those people who taught me how to live my life there was just astonishing. It does, um, it does make me the way you describe it. It does come to. I'm not saying they're the same by any means, but what arises for me is um, the same sort of. If I tried to go back to what it was like as a beginning yoga student, like I'm just suddenly dawned on me that perhaps. Uh, being more aware of how confronting it may be for a brand new yoga person and because we've been in yoga land for so long we're just this is how it is and these are the words and this is exactly and everybody knows what to do but perhaps people that are we need to be more mindful of people that are coming in for the very first time might be feeling sort of culture shock actually that is, that's a brilliant way to put it culture shock of being new to the mat. Yeah. It is. It is like a foreign country. And, and I would say that those are actually really, really similar. I mean, I believe that coming to a new practice, you know, most people come to yoga for the first time for the physical side mm -hmm. and trying something new physically as an adult takes the ultimate courage mm -hmm. and to to just go for it, to be that brave, to not know what you're doing and to stumble through a class, likely beside someone who's been practicing for 20 years, mm. to have a foreign language thrown at you. And I mean, most of our classes are not for beginners, but beginners don't have anywhere else to go. So they just jump right into the mix and mm. have to find their way to the water. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the right thing. But, and I, but I also think that these days, um, I was uh, on the treadmill this morning streaming music and thankfully an ad came. Whenever the ads come on, I let myself put the, like, the pace down. 
So I watch a lot of ads on YouTube. But there was this one ad that came on and they were, I don't even know what it was for, an app for something. And they were making the point about, and it even helps you relax. And there was a shot then, of course, of a woman doing yoga. And so I think for, and this was a finance app. So I think actually the gen, if you're not in yoga, the perception of yoga is that it is sort of, um, it's not for everybody. And you already have to be a certain way before you sort of qualify to get in. I wonder if the sorts of people who you said it takes a lot of courage, but maybe it also, maybe it's naivety or courage again in that situation. And that maybe I would hate to think that the perceived culture shock is so great that people don't come at all. Like if I look at Instagram yoga or I look at what I see yoga, the cover of yoga magazines and I've, have stuff going on inside me about worth. I wonder if I would have the courage or the naivety as a beginner to show up at all. That's a good question. And I think one of our biggest challenges as teachers and people who do promote on Instagram and are out, out in the world talking the talk um, to make it accessible and to welcome people who haven't been before. Yeah. I think, you know, from both sides, it took me a long time to come to yoga because I thought it looked boring. Um, Interesting. I had seen the pictures of people, of gurus sitting still in meditation. And with limited time, I didn't want to go sit still. <laughs> and, and there's the naivety again, of course. But I, I feel like, you know, I've got people who have come to a vinyasa flow class and said, oh, wow. I got a really good workout. Mm. And, you know, then the other people who will come and say, I didn't come to yoga to sweat or mm. to listen to rock and roll. I came to find some peace and calm. Mm. So, but I also think that there are so many different styles and lineages. Yes. And each teacher has their own twist on each style. And so it's just a matter of having the patience to find the one that resonates with you and then the teacher who speaks to your heart. And, but like you said, it takes that big leap of faith or courage or naivety, whichever side of the line someone's on, to walk into the class to begin with. Mm. Mm. Um, thank you for indulging all of my uh, chitavriti. That was amazing. And now uh, let's actually go to uh, some of the things that we were going to talk about. Um, you describing that journey and taking us from Cincinnati to Brighton um, and, the, and the diversity and the richness of all of that, I can't help but wonder if that's part of what infuses your retreat work and the way that you blend together dance and uh, let me, uh, flow state science and yin and vinyasa and meditation, they feel like very rich and deep experiences, your retreats, not just a yoga holiday. You're right. You put that really well. I'm going to use that in my marketing now. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that for a living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and with, with all the travel and the different studies that I've been so fortunate to be able to indulge in, I've found my current belief, at least, it's ever evolving. And the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And with all of it, you know, I'm making it up as I go. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> 
but I think that each of these styles and philosophies were perfectly designed to work perfectly when followed to a T. Mm. And I think that I've, I've gotten to do quite a few different ones that way. I started with Ashtanga, practiced a lot of Bikram and a lot of Yin, and then fell heavy into the Pranayama and meditation side, the, the more philosophical and, you know, the higher and higher my spirituality rose, the more of that practice I wanted and the more the physical side started to fall away. And then I missed the physical side and my real stringent Ashtanga practice turned into a more flowing freestyle kind of way. And, and I, I've come to realize that there are bits and pieces from so many of the different ways that I love that really, really make up the whole of my practice and myself. And I also realize that each person is going to be different and is going to need their own pieces and their own elements to feel whole. Mm. And so in our retreats and our teacher trainings, we strive to offer all of the pieces that are most relevant to us at the time and the different styles of movement and motion mobilizing, you know, mainly the spine and then the rest of the body, of course, the tissues and things to stay physically well. And because we believe that that, that physical wellness will give the mind a place to follow along. Mm. And with offering different styles of meditation, whether it be Vipassana style or uh, more of a dance style, walking meditation, chakra meditations, you know, they're limitless. Mm. We figure that, or we hope that each person will find something that they just love so much they can't live without, something to take away. And so we're unpacking all of these different options in all the different ways, loads of different styles of pranayama, mm. lots of different variations on each thing, journaling, um, speaking to another person, silence, and, and then a lot of the different ancient yogic kriyas, the cleansing techniques, in hopes of helping everyone develop their own ritual. Mm -hmm. In yoga, it's called uh, the dinacharya, those things that you do every day. My husband, who studies and does a lot of research on flow state science, they call it the power hour, where all these things combine to form 60 minutes. And so we're striving to help each person write their own prescription that, that they really, really just love. They cuddle it, not just to fit their life into something new, but they mold this thing to fit into their life so that they can't help but maintain it and elevate their life that way. And with the teacher trainings, you know, they're becoming their own teacher and their own guru. And if they do want to share that practice and those rituals with other people, they'll have the authenticity to do it by maintaining this practice and we really, really think that the ritual gives the soul a space to, to grow and thrive and speak. And that's where the grace flows through that carries us in every way. I love it. I, yeah. I, and I, I totally agree with you about um, the, I think the conversation around sort of self-care and daily practice and all of that 
can just become, someone said the phrase to me the other day, uh, errand fatigue. It's just another thing that I have to do. Um, And and then I can feel good about myself if I do it and I'll feel crappy about myself if I don't. And actually, I just love the way that you put it because it does come back to that heart space of this is soul nourishment. This is my time to commune. It's not something that I just tick off my list. I need to the way you describe it is like I need to be in love with it. Uh, it has to be a, a, a partner in my life, not a, a thing on the calendar. Right. Not just another thing to check off the to-do yeah. list. Yeah. And also something that's allowed to evolve, that's allowed yes. to change. Yes. Something, um, and not only to grow, but also something that can be minimized as well. Um, yeah. In my in my whole eat pray love era, you know, I was so self-indulgent. I could practice and pray all day long and party and dance all night long and <laughs> my my Dean and Charia was like a two to four hour practice in the morning. And when we had our baby, you know, that changed that could be two to four minutes. <laughs> but, uh, there was a major phase of of learning to accept that that counts too. Yes. And and so that's something as well. I think, you know, a lot of people do find that it becomes a pressure and a stress rather than something that lightens the the load elsewhere. Um, I wonder if that's maybe one of the ways that you know if you've found it, mm. if if it feels like a lightening of the load as a result of completing that practice. I think so. You you said earlier um, just about blending the pieces together, bringing the pieces together that are, that are current for you. And that's what you weave into your offerings. I remember at my um, 200 hour teacher training, one of the books on the reading list was um, a path with heart. And I don't know, because it was a long time ago, if I'm remembering this correctly, but in my mind is stuck this sentence about how, try things, but then find a teacher and stick with that teacher. And that was one of the most disheartening things that I, for the whole teacher training was this, not FOMO, but just like, but there's such richness and exploration and revelation to be had. I feel the idea of just picking one thing when I was only beginning to realise how much I didn't know almost felt precarious. I love that you're suggesting, in fact, that you can sample and experience and blend and that that can make the result richer like in the individual sense rather than somehow watering down the collective teachings. That's my belief and that's my way. I definitely think that for some people, though, it works exceptionally well. It's totally valid to have one teacher in one, one way and probably... A little bit more, um, definitely not easy. No, no way to this path is easy, <laughs> but maybe a little more simple um, when you've got that that focus. Yes, I often think I would like to be in a cult for that very reason. Just to oh, yeah, someone else tell me great. everything to do, like just <laughs> oh, turn yeah. my brain off and just do it. Not yeah, all cults, like some cults are very empowered, I'm sure, but my fantasy sometimes is tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. that's why big room is so reassuring sometimes you just want to know what you're going to get 
And it's very, yeah. don't, it's probably good for your nervous system in that way because you know what's coming next. If I can get through Ustrasana and not vomit, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the no vomiting is key there. <laughs> but I've, I agree with you entirely. I mean, when you don't have any decisions at all to make, there is so much freedom <laughs> to be had, which is definitely, I, that's the downside of offering courses the way that I do. Mm. It adds a little bit, um, not confusion, but there are a lot of choices to be made. Mm. And we offer all of the, all the tools and the support to make the choices but we're asking each person to walk away with their own practice yeah. with something that they've designed themselves rather than giving them the set sequence of of kriyas and rituals and asana so there's definitely um that's a big i think that's something really big to make a decision about whether you want to be handed the way or create your own way but I also wonder too if if you if you can even flux between the two over a lifetime. Maybe there is a time to sit very closely at the foot of a teacher and be very prescriptive, and then maybe there is a time to explore. Oh yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, yeah. every once in a while, I just have to go to an ashtanga. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Mysore, it's straight led class, and just feels like being held. Yes, <laughs> really I feel like being, yes, I know that. So tell us about where, where do you take people on retreats? Where are your next couple? Where are you going? At the end of July, July 28th, for one week, we are going to Austria. We're going into the mountains. It's spectacular. And glorious scenery with sparkling peaks in the distance, amazing walks, and the alpine lakes nearby where you can do some cold water dips which wow. we're actually really into. We like to take a dip in the English Channel. And it is freezing, and it just makes you feel alive. Yep, and yep, yep. so <laughs> you're, not, you're not even... Not sold. I, 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 I've got a pitta, 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 pitta dosha. Like, I just want to get right, hot. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, there's a jacuzzi there as well. Okay, so okay all right. Okay. If you want to join okay. And this retreat will be special for us. It's in a beautiful old like farmhouse that's been renovated. It's really spectacular. The amazing food. And we will offer all of our typicals. We do pranayama and meditation in the morning, a yoga practice, a beautiful brunch. And then we've got motion in the afternoon, a little different than yoga. So body juggling on the big Swiss balls, rolling around, doing cool stuff for handstand play, actual juggling with partners, which is fun. And in the evenings, we do something different each night, whether it's a different style of meditation, like a dynamic meditation or uh, partner meditation, partner stretching, ecstatic dance, yin yoga. Mm. But the special thing about this one is that our friend, our dear friend Melanie, is coming to join us. And she is a psychotherapist, Western trained, who's been in practice for years and years. 
And more recently, she's trained to become a shaman. And so she incorporates energy medicine into her practice. And she is this brilliant, brilliant, super smart, um, renowned therapist But she's also totally like a girlfriend that you could kick off your shoes and dance wildly with, probably even put on some impromptu costumes. (laughs) And so she's joining us and she's going to do a few group sessions, um, like group shamanic circles. And then she'll offer private healings to anyone who's interested. And these aren't any kind of plant medicine. These are just energy healing she works with some sound and some soul regression different sorts of different sorts of really cool magical things I had I I knew that you did like there was richness and tapestry in your offerings like how could you even fit all of that into a farmhouse in Austria for a week it sounds amazing it sounds magical and you know what I love most about it just thinking in terms of you know being being a business mentor is what you just described as your retreat it's so you you know what Thank i mean you. like you get to actually folks watching this like this is this is the yogini who's offering things that that she that this is this thing about creating a business that's about your passions you know you don't have to do things that you can have juggling on your yoga retreat if you want to, um, if that's what you love. I just think thanks for, well, first, thanks for inviting us all to come to Austria with you. That sounds amazing. Um, but also thanks for modeling for us what it looks like to create um, your own magic and offer it up for, for the right people who would like to, to. It doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing. You can craft something that is uniquely you and trust that the right people will say yes, of course, yes. Love that. Thank, thank you. It's um, it's kind of unnerving. It's a little scary at first. It really, it's like ripping off your clothes and inviting everyone in when you really are, when you deviate from the norm and actually share the practices that you do yourself behind closed doors. That's yeah. the, that's the scary part. But that authenticity is where we find we we get the most from other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't you think that that's kind of, that's sort of what it's about? Mm. Um, yeah. That, that, that anything else would feel, um, you know, that it, it, it's your dharma or it's not. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, exactly. You have to do um, it that way. You've got to do it that way. Otherwise you're, you're just, you're on the other side. Yeah. Of that fine line. Yeah. The juggling, the juggling though, is my husband's addition. <laughs> I, I love it. That. I love it. So, so beautiful segue. Thank you because I, I, I'll just rave on for hours. Thank you for that. It's very generous of you to throw me that segue. What's it like being in business with your husband? It is absolutely incredible. I knew you were going to say that. You knew it. <laughs> you know, years ago, I worked, it was before I was even working, I did an internship for a couple who owned a a small design firm and they were so cool. Their relationship was inspiring. Their business was successful. But I remember thinking way back then, I 
I can't imagine waking up with someone, driving to work with them, working all day, and then going home with them. I mean, what do you have to talk about anymore? And I've never, ever once felt that way working with my husband. And we we work well together. Well, because we really like working together. We like being together. But I think that our voices really unite to create our resonance with a whole lot more people than either of us reach well alone. Hmm. I've got the, um, the diehard yogi side and a lot of that that philosophy and the ancient practices that I incorporate into my life every day and that he does too now. And he's got all the science behind it. Mm. And so he's got, you know, he can tell you neurologically the chemical reasons that explain what yogis have always called presence or what I might just label as magic. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, the the people who have already subscribed to this magic scene who would come to me and, you know, they're they're already in. They're already in my my magic cloud. <laughs> but there are a lot of a lot of people who, you know, are either peeking in from the outside, not sure about it, or who just can't buy it Mm. and rich is able to speak to them because he more recently was one of them Mm. and so together i feel like we present a very whole philosophy and a very well-rounded set of practices for Mm. for people from all different walks of life to be able to implement into their lives what would you say for people who are uh, working in, in partnership? I mean, what a, as a yogi, what, what sort of skills do you need to bring to be a good business partner with someone? With, let, even if it's not the, for folks that it might be in partnership with a friend or um, a, a sibling, or, but and even more so for your, for your, I don't even know what the right term is anymore, your romantic partner, that sounds so naff, but your life partner, who knows? Um, your domestic partner sounds so boring. But what, what would you like as a yogi? What are the sorts of skills that you do bring that that enable that level of functionality in a business relationship? Well, to a yogi, I would say start at the beginning of the eight limbs with the yamas and the niyamas, and apply apply those to business life just like you do to personal life which is kind of annoyingly yogic to say but (laughs) oh there's for me you know I had I had cultivated my yoga teacher training course designed it written the book to go along with it and had been rocking it for quite a while before meeting Rich and immediately wanting to work with him not only because I loved him and he's just loads of fun to spend time with, but for his wealth of knowledge, he's an anatomy superstar. And then the flow state science just weaves right into the yoga philosophy. But that was a big practice in surrender and in letting go of the way that I was doing things just because it was the way that I had always done them. So I think that choosing to work with someone else 
inviting someone to join you or accepting an invitation to join someone else on a business level when it comes to yoga is also an acknowledgement that you're willing to not only compromise, but actually surrender and to, to join forces and create something new. I agree with you. And um, we, I interviewed um, uh, Anna Forrest and Jose Caraco in our last series and similar in the sense that Anna obviously had, an, had built an incredible legacy and a, you know, a global mm-hmm. presence and yeah. her, her training is, you know, her, if you go to a forest yoga class, you know you're going to get quality. And then to bring in someone that uh, she used different terminology, but the sentiment was very similar about how she feels about her partner. And I think this is really interesting in that, um, that you have created this body of work and you have a confidence in sharing it. And, and um, I love that you said you need to be able to surrender some of it in order to like expose a surface to connect to another. But I also think that um, surely it must take a level of, um, oh, what's the right word? Because, uh, I mean, in that surrender, in that vulnerability, um, it, there's a risk. There's a risk. And I think that and you, there must be a, a level of confidence and certainty in the work that you've created such that you know it could withstand the input of someone else. Not in a way that means it's impenetrable to it, but such that someone's not going to steal your ideas or dilute your message to a point that it's not you anymore. I really think okay. that I think it's very powerful. And I'm going to use the word courage again to, to say, okay, I've made this and now I want you to help me make it better and put your stamp on it. I think that, I don't know if I'd have the, the guts to do that. Thank you. I, I think it is a big risk. And Interestingly, I think that there's maybe a little bit of grief that comes along with it. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah. A little bit of, you know, that mini death of the old way to birth this new creation. Hmm. And I think it also must be, there must be a certain amount of timing, you know, you build and you grow to the best that you can. And then all of a sudden you're ready. You're ready to say, it's, I guess, you know, thinking out loud now, uh-oh, but you've, you've really inspired this thought. I think it is, um, the, the courage, I guess, is in saying help, in asking for help to take it to the next level, mm. a level that maybe I couldn't lift it to on my own. And in that acknowledgement that together, we can make it better than I can by myself. Um, and, and I, yeah, I love it. And, um, and I also, st- I still think that, um, I, I still think that there is something about, um, when you said you just know that the timing is right, because what I'm getting from you is not an energy of, I couldn't do this by myself. It's actually, oh, I've done it. And now I think it could be better and different because we do this together. It's not from lack. It's not from fear. It's not scarcity or inadequacy. It's absolutely confidence and certainty. I made this and we can make it different and better together, but it's not because you're somehow empty or lacking in anything. And I, which is the same as I got from Anna. And I think that that's really powerful. I think, you know, I feel the same way about any kind of partnership Mm. and, 
again, I don't know if this is courageous or naive, <laughs> but um, I feel I feel like we're we're made, we're designed to be whole as we are, mm. and I was really fortunate, you know, at the point when I met my husband, I was having the time of my life. I was happy. I wasn't lonely. I was, Mm. you know, I was complete Mm. and he came along and I didn't feel like I needed him to make me whole, but I felt like he made me even better. Mm. And he was at the same point in his life, you know, meeting a little bit older, maybe we'd both had a few big relationships under our belts. And so uniting just made it all more fun. And business wise, it felt quite the same. As you said, I had created this and I was pleased with it and confident on my own. And I hadn't been searching for a partner in it. I'm at all. I wouldn't have reached out to anyone at that point to join me in teaching, but he magically appeared. And yeah, his input really elevated it to the next level in a lot of different ways. Just having a male voice for one, I think adds a lot mm-hmm. to to my voice. Mm-hmm. And and then of course his his world, his realm of knowledge and wisdom circles in a completely different way than mine and so that overlap really works well we've got to have the conversation about babies we've got to talk about the babies Um, so there'll be people watching who are like well that sounds great and and um i didn't only mention something about a baby at the start because i'm going to go and do all of this yoga stuff once my kids are i can't do it now because how on earth but you're doing all of this with your daughter? We are. And once again, just making it all up as we go. <laughs> I think that's what parenting is, though, as, as I understand it. Is an it? <laughs> I'm learning that more and more. You know, a lot, of, a lot of families look like they have it all together, like they know exactly what we're doing. But when you ask them, most of them will confess. They don't know either. <laughs> and we... We decided to try for a baby, and we were fortunate. We got pregnant right away, and I was so lucky. I felt great during my pregnancy. I loved being pregnant, and we actually had a teacher training planned. We taught a 200-hour yoga teacher training in Thailand when I was six months pregnant. (laughs) And um, Hospitals in Thailand are very good. They are so good. <laughs> so good. I was, I was going to be okay if I had to give that baby to the light in Thailand. And, and it was pure joy. We, in that course in particular, we had all women and several of them were mothers. Hmm. And it was so much fun. And it was right at that point in pregnancy where my body was changing and my belly was growing daily. And it really freaked people out when I was still doing handstands. (laughs) But I felt so good. And the hardest part of it was walking up this huge staircase to get to lunch every day (laughs) and the resort where we were teaching. But I it was awesome. And 
then we did have one more retreat when I was about seven and a half months pregnant in Ibiza. And that one as well, it was just pure joy. I still felt really good to teach and to be able to share my practice. And when Stella was born, Stella's our little star, we everything just went really well. Mm. It was an absolute honor to give birth and see what my body was designed to do. Mm. And no complications. So we got to leave, come home right away. And we actually had a home birth planned. And she showed up nearly a month early. Wow. So we just by surprise, she came. And so we had to go give birth in the hospital and had a great experience there. And we felt like we were stealing her when we left the hospital. (laughs) And (laughs) that was wild to leave with a little tiny baby. And so about a month later, maybe a month and a half, we taught our first workshop here in Brighton. Wow. And of all things, it was an inversions workshop. Someone had given us a tiny little onesie that said, I love handstands upside down. So (laughs) she's got that on in our pictures. And we, when was the first time we traveled? I started teaching right away, regular classes. And for us, a lot of this works, I think, we don't have any family where we live, Uh but we neither of us work normal hours, Mm -hmm. nine to fives. So we're usually able to, one of us is able to be with Stella while the other one's out teaching or working, coaching, whatever it is. So that's one of the reasons why it works so well. Um, Another reason I think is because of the support that I have in Rich. We help each other maintain our practices. We take turns meditating and working out, doing yoga. And so we we knew from the beginning that we wanted to maintain our lifestyle, which for us right now includes a lot of travel Mm -hmm. in hopes to be accessible to the most to the most people Mm -hmm. so that we can strive to do our best to help others evolve and optimize their lives in the ways that have worked for us maybe a little bit quicker with them handing over handing over our packages than going through all of the struggles and pain that we did but uh, we just got back from a teacher training in Thailand so that was our first super long haul flight with Stella how old is she now now she's 17 months Mm -hmm. so we took a few shorter trips last year actually a couple to the U.S. Um, But this one, this was our first 200-hour training. Mm -hmm. And the flight with a toddler is definitely interesting. It's one of those that feels like it's taking years. And then when you land, you think, oh, it wasn't so bad. bad. (laughs) 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 She did a great job. And this course as well, I think it must just be with having the baby and the time in our lives and exactly what we needed. 
our courses are always open to men and we usually have quite a few but this recent one was 15 women hmm. and this group in particular was just extraordinary they stuck together the entire time one big group rather than breaking yes. off into smaller yes. ones which is so natural yeah um, but having this group of powerful, generous, open-hearted women surrounding us and embracing Stella for that month was just awesome. Awesome does not do justice <laughs> to what went down there. Um, every time Stella walked into the studio, everyone would clap or sing or hug her or offer crystals. <laughs> And, you know, the, the Thai culture just embraces children as oh, yeah. well. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was so great. It was so great that in the month since, we've really missed being surrounded by that, mm. um, that surrogate family. And so we're actively striving here to create more of our own sangha, yes. more of our own tribe. Beautiful. Um, yes. Which I, I noticed that you've got a women's retreat coming up that looks incredible <laughs> happening in June. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it's got, yeah, it, 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 it will be totally incredible. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know, I, I'm conscious of time and I won't keep you any longer than I have. Everything that you shared has been amazing, but I must just say, um, that something that strikes me so clearly in, in, everything that you shared is that it's not um I suspect that in fact you're choosing to see all of the blessings and the beauty in these things and I think that there is real power and um you, you know people that are all watching oh she's so lucky and mine was never like that and it's always hard for me you know, like what I really see modeling is is the choice to be in abundance thinking and the choice to see the beauty and the detail and the choice to be grateful for the small mm. things. And I just think that that's, it's been beautiful, everything that you've shared to, to even more firmly commit to choosing to see blessings and love in, in every moment and in small things. It's been an absolute delight wow. speaking with you. The, I, we need to tell everybody where they can go find out about your retreat that's coming up in Oxford. All of that amazing and also for people that are interested in doing some teacher training with you and receiving this variety of gifts and I love the phrase you used back at the beginning about um, you know designing their own prescription I mean what, to, to play in that space and, and try things on and see what what feels good this just sounds like an amazing way to study so where can we let's go for where can what's your website let's start there my website is Anna Sugarman yoga Com. Beautiful. And where can we go and stalk you on Instagram? Same place, Anna Sugarman Yoga. And I'd love to be stalked and I would love to stalk you back. <laughs> and Anna has a really beautiful Instagram, everybody. So go over there and stalk her because it's, I have, and it's really nice. It makes me feel good looking at all of those beautiful pictures. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And there, as you mentioned, you can see a lot of the, the joy and the happiness and that choice to seek out abundance. And, you know, 
I just have to mention the other day I was speaking with my cousin and she's got three kids and they've got this really cool practice of every night at dinner going around the table and offering, they call it a rose and a thorn. So something great that happened that day and then a thorn as well, something not so great. And you know better than anyone, the whole yoga philosophy is built on duality and polarities and the light and the dark and sun and the moon. And so I really, I firmly believe you can't have one without the other. And so it's equally important to acknowledge that shadow side and the darknesses as well. And to really feel through those super low lows in order to be able to soar into the highs. So that's um, that's something that I definitely want to be honest about. There are there are dark sides too. Of course, <laughs> not, and, and I think again, I think it's about how you choose to interact with them and how you choose to receive it as a teacher, rather than yeah. stay too long or try and avoid. Yeah, yeah, definitely too. I do my best to embrace it, <laughs> embrace it all, and not not try to avoid and to celebrate both. Beautiful, Anna. Thank you for being such an amazing guest. I've had so much fun talking with you. I hope. <laughs> and <laughs> <you're indulging> me. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invitation. And I invite you next time you're in London to pop down to Brighton and go for a swim with us. Maybe we could get a, like a chai instead. I can hold your towels. Okay. <laughs> Feeling inspired, ready to grow your own yoga business? If you're ready to share your yoga with the people who really need what you have to offer, growing your yoga business with more ease, flow, abundance, and support, check out my six-month yoga business training program, Growing Your Yoga Biz, at amymcdonald.com.au forward slash growing your yoga biz. Use coupon code bizofyoga when you check out for $500 off. Enrollments are open right now. Namaste. Namaste.